1: welcome to the show i don't know about you but this is honestly my favorite time of year i love early fall for a number of reasons number one the temperatures are mild you got that crisp bite in the morning but then mellow days and afternoons and the soft light of the day this time of year i absolutely love that and the shadows on the hills as the afternoon turns towards sunset And it's just a great time to be out there. The fish are on the bite because they're all trying to fatten up for winter. Hunting seasons are opening up right and left. Great time to go hiking. Great time to take in the fall foliage. It's just a great time of year, and I hope you are getting out there to enjoy it. We've got some great guests for you today on the show. One of them you'll hear from in just a minute is Chip Rabin. He is the program director for Warriors and Quiet Waters, a non-profit based in Bozeman, Montana, that is all about offering post-9-11 combat veterans experiences in the outdoors as a means of therapy. They do this through fly fishing, they do this through hunting, and they do this through other ways as well. Bob Loomis is back for another extended max minute the topic this time catching fall walleye they are on the bite but it's still not an easy thing to do if you're not giving them the right presentation bob will give you a little advice about how to do just that Salmon fishing has been very good in the salt water off both Oregon and Washington coast. And we're going to talk to two fishing guides who are going to give you some fresh reports from the salt. That would be Ted Tufel. He hails from Tillamook. He's been fishing outside of Tillamook Bay for Coho and Chinook. You'll also hear from Doug St. Denis with 365 Charters LLC. He has been cleaning up on the Coho in Puget Sound, not far at all from the Seattle waterfront. And we're going to talk to Paul Aronson, too. He's with Winding Waters Rafting out of Joseph, Oregon. And while rafting season is over right now on the Snake River in Hell's Canyon, on the Salmon River in Idaho, and also on the Grand Ronde River bordering Oregon and Washington, it is going to... Start up again in the spring, in the summer, and now is the time to book a trip. And Winding Waters Rafting offers not just multi-day trips where you're going and enjoying some great food and camping, but they offer some specialty trips too. We're talking about trips where you're going to be with a naturalist and a photographer, learning about the flora and fauna in Hell's Canyon for several days and upping your game from a photography point of view. There's opportunities to learn to be a better writer through the Fish Trap Outpost trip that they have, where you go rafting with a person who makes their living as a writer who will help you better express yourself in words. And then they've got the Pitchfork to Plate experience, and this is all about the food. And you're going to actually have a chef that is going to cook for you all naturally, locally sourced food that you're just going to love. How's that for a rafting trip to remember? Like I said, I think you're going to really enjoy the conversation we're going to have with Paul Aronson, and you'll probably want to book a trip with Winding Waters rafting right away after you hear it. Before we get into all this, though, let's check in and see what David Sparks has for us this week on Sportsman Spotlight, brought to you by the Ag Information Network of the West. Good friend Ted Cook, a retired fish and
2: wildlife endangered species biologist, told me about his life as an outdoorsman. David
3: Sparks with Sportsman Spotlight. I grew up in Connecticut in a non-hunting, non-fishing family. When I was 13 years old, I would ride my bike three miles in the dark to go fishing in the morning. My mom would make me a sandwich, I'd put it in the tackle box in the back of my bike and tie my fishing pole to the bike frame. I mean, that's how rabid I was. When I was 18 years old, I found a hunter's education course and put myself through that. I shot one pheasant in Connecticut, a stocked bird in a wildlife management area, and then I moved west. When I was growing up, I was reading Field and Stream magazine, and Ted Trueblood was writing about hunting in the west, and I i always dreamed of being a biologist living in the West hunting and fishing having a beautiful wife and 2.3 children and I'm happy and proud to say that 30 years later I've lived that dream I've I'd met your boy. wife I've met your children good for you on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and so and lived in the West and worked as a biologist and hunted and fished oftentimes on the steps of Ted Trueblood who was also from Idaho by the way a terrific outdoor writer for Field and Stream Magazine many years ago so I grew up doing that in Connecticut ended up moving West and now I've been bow hunting elk for 25 years and to me there's no point in time and no place I would rather be on the face of the earth than sometime around September 20th on a mountainside in central Idaho with the aspen turning gold and the bull elk bugling in the valley bottom below just after sunrise. That is my idea of heaven on earth.
2: How can any outdoorsman disagree with that? Did you hear that? That's the sound of great careers in agriculture one of which could be yours. With the number of different job boards that are online these days, it can be overwhelming trying to find out what best suits you as an individual in the ag industry. Hey, sift through the clutter and find your agricultural career on the job board focused on you. AgCareers.com. AgCareers.com is the leading online job board for the agricultural, food, natural resources, and biotechnology industries. We are committed to fueling the next generation of talent in agriculture in an effort to feed the world. We understand and support the vast number and variety of careers possible in the industry, from welders and biotechnologists to agricultural teachers and software developers. The time to work in agriculture has never been better with nearly 6,000 career opportunities available on agcareers.com. An opportunity for you is out there. Search for your future today on agcareers.com.
4: Backcountryhunters.org. Join the fight for our public lands and waters today.
1: Again with Northwestern Outdoors Radio, I'm John Cruz. Our next stop is Bozeman, Montana. That's the headquarters for Warriors and Quiet Waters, a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping post 9-11 combat veterans and they use the outdoors fishing and hunting and more as therapy with us here to tell you more about it is the chief program officer that would be chip rabin he is a retired united states marine corps master gunnery sergeant chip great to have you back on the air thanks for having me john real treat looking forward to talking about our organization Let's tell folks a little bit more about Warriors and Quiet Waters, and I understand you're located in Bozeman, but you've got a ranch that's not exactly in the city limits, is it?
5: Right. We have a ranch called Quiet Waters Ranch. It's located about seven miles north of Bozeman. Wonderful piece of land. Again, we have, a, have some water there on the land. We have the few ponds. Really great lodge. It's just a fantastic facility for us to be able to bring the Warriors out and just spend some time unplugging and and enjoying each other's company and immersing in nature.
1: You know, there's several organizations that do this sort of thing. I can't think of too many, though, that actually have a lodge and a ranch that combat vets can go to to enjoy activities like fly fishing or hunting, things like that. How did this idea percolate and come about?
5: Well, Warriors and Quiet Waters was created in 2007
1: by a Marine Corps Vietnam veteran. His name
5: is Colonel Eric Hastings when he recognized similarities between the the stateside outcomes for veterans of the Iraq and Afghanistan wars to those that he served alongside in Vietnam. And he recognized that when he came back from Vietnam, he found peace and solace, comfort. He was able to concentrate on when he was—basically, all his problems went away when he was on the water in Montana. And so he decided to create that same dynamic for the people that were coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan. They had some— Donors that donated land and people paid for us to build this lodge out there. And it's just we have some really amazing Americans that
1: believe in the the mission of paying it back to those who who paid it for overseas. And the veterans that come to the ranch, the veterans that go on the outings that you have, it doesn't cost them a thing, does it? Everything
5: is cost-free to them from transportation to the food they eat, the equipment that they get, and they get to take it home with them. They experience world-class fishing guides that teach them the things that they need to know to be able to take that equipment home and put it to good use. Everything that we do is paid for by our very generous donors. It's a large undertaking for our development team to keep that money flowing in, but it's a real blessing to those guys and women that come out and participate in our programs that it doesn't cost them a dime.
1: Well, speaking of donors and keeping this program going, you just had a big fundraiser this month, the 2023 Taste Test Fundraiser. Tell me about that and how much money you raised.
5: Yeah, that was a real blowout, John. It was amazing. This is my third Warrior Taste Fest. It's the fifth one that Origin Quietwaters has done. And basically what we do is we bring together local restaurants and breweries, distilleries. If they make something that tastes good, it's there at the uh, Gallatin Fairgrounds. And people pay to get in, and they go around, and they get to taste all these different things. You know, we also auction off art and other things that are donated we had a trip to Vegas that was donated, and all that gets auctioned off at a live auction. We have a silent auction as well for people who physically can't be there and they participate online. All told, we raised $770,000, which is equivalent to about 30% of our 2023 budget. So, you know, really hats off to our development team because they really knocked it out of the park this year.
1: That is absolutely amazing. I've been involved with several conservation organizations that have put on banquets. I think the best I ever saw was 90,000 with 300 people attending. But this is just an amazing and boondoggling amount of money that was raised. So that's fantastic. Now, Warriors in Quiet Waters, when we've talked in the past for America Outdoors Radio, we focused on the ranch. We focused on fly fishing. But recently, you started a new program, Hunt for a purpose, and you actually had three warriors go on archery hunts this past month. Tell us about this.
5: Actually, we had we had four go on the hunt, but only three of them were able to get a tag. That's one of the, the bumps in the road that we're trying to, to sort out in our process. But because the process that they went through to get to the hunt was so meaningful to them, the one participant who didn't have an elk tag wanted to stay with his partner throughout his hunt rather than go and hunt deer someplace else. Now, I don't know a whole lot of people that would do that. Me but either. I think that speaks volumes to the, the content that we're putting forward in front of the participants. The purpose of Hunt for Purpose is really just to help people figure out, you know, what's next for them. So many of the people who come through our program are stuck. They led these thriving lives of military service, and then when they got out, they didn't know what was next. I lived that, and I know exactly how that feels. Fortunately, I'm in a job now that fills my cup, but a lot of people can't say that. And I think Hunt for Purpose helps those participants get a really good feel for, you know, what their values are, get a good picture of their own identity, what they can do, and helps them craft a sense of purpose for the rest of their lives. And, you know, quite frankly, that purpose is going to change over time, and so we prepare them for that too.
1: Very interesting. So it's not just a hunt. It's not just the animal you're after, but there's some mentoring and counseling going on as well.
5: There is, you know, all of our programs are non-clinical, so when we say counseling, we try to qualify that as much as we can, but the reality is that there's a lot of really great counsel that comes from mentors, and we have mentors, people that participated in the program previously, to walk alongside some of these first-time hunt-for-purpose participants to help them make sense of some of the information that they're trying to process have some really good, deep, meaningful conversations about what matters to them. You know, there's really nothing like making a connection with somebody that's from your community, some would say from your tribe. You know, it's nothing like making that sense of connection and being able to talk about important things, and that's one of the aspects of our program.
1: I love it. Absolutely love it. we got about a minute left, but I do want to talk about the Overnight River experience that Six Warriors enjoyed. Where did that happen? And tell me about this activity.
5: Right. So overnight river experience is based on the concept that fly fishing may not be for everybody. Sure. Or we may need to do a program at a time when the fishing just isn't great. This takes place on the Missouri River. They put in near Fort Benton and start heading east. And they spend three days on the water camping along the way. Great opportunity for warriors to spend time together and to experience an immersion
1: in nature that's that's a little bit different from fly fishing or hunting. Absolutely love this and absolutely love these programs that, that you're coming out with with Warriors in Quiet Waters. What's the website that folks can go to either as a combat vet to sign up and participate or as somebody wanting to to help, either by volunteering or through donating?
5: Yeah, whatever your interest is in Warriors in Quiet Waters, you'll find the answers at the website wqwf.org. That's Warriors in Quiet Waters Foundation org. You'll find out everything you need to know there, and it's a pretty awesome website, too. Another hat tip to our marketing department. Those, these guys are awesome.
1: All right. That's Warriors in Quiet Waters doing great things for our post-9-11 combat vets. The website, again, wqwf.org. That's wqwf.org. Check it out today. Thanks so much, Chip. You're welcome, John. Thanks for having me.
0: Anglers are getting a raise this year with the Northern Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program, and the fish are biting. Here's how it works. First, register at a pike minnow station along the Columbia or Snake River. Next, go fishing for pike minnow and bring back all of them that measure nine inches or longer. The fish are worth six, eight, or ten dollars, and the more fish you catch, the more each one is worth. Keep an eye out for tagged fish, too, because those are worth five hundred bucks. Go fishing, make money, and have fun. Find out more at pikeminnow.org. Welcome back to Northwestern Outdoors Radio and to an extended Max Myth brought to you by Max Lur.
1: Next up, we've got Bob Loomis with Max Luer back on the line because it's fall and it is prime time to fish for walleye. Whether you're fishing at my home water of Potholes Reservoir or maybe at Fort Peck Reservoir in Montana, Keystone Reservoir in Wyoming, or all sorts of other places where you're going to find walleye like the Columbian Snake River. Bob, great to have you on the air. Thank you, John. So the temperatures are starting to drop, water temps are starting to drop as well, and the fish are definitely on the bite. I've been finding that out myself. What do you like to use at this time of year to draw more strikes from walleye? Well,
6: you know, John, one of the first things I do, I will still always go to uh, the, the quote, match the hatch. But, you know, going to larger profile lures is my number one go-to this time of the year. So, using products like a, a cha-cha crawler with the two uh, pill floats and the smile blade the crawler harness setup, you know, going to that larger profile really winds the fish up. They're going on the bite, they're going on the feed bag. Things are getting cooler. They know that things are going to slow down for them at any given time. So, having that larger profile really, really excites them and really turns that bite on.
1: You know, it's funny because I know at certain times of year, like in the early spring, you're not using the larger profile lures. a matter of fact, you seem to be downsizing and fishing very slow. So it seems counterintuitive to go up in size when the water is again getting cooler.
6: Well, it's only getting cooler. You got to remember, we're coming out of summer, coming out of that, you know, the, the highest temp. Time of the year and it starts cooling down, those fish know that they're going to lose a lot of their feed because of the fact they're A, getting larger, B, not going to be in the places where they usually are, and C, when you start getting those cooler water temps, they know that if they don't get it now, they're not going to get it.
1: Well, when it comes to fall walleye fishing, then, folks, go big or go home. And make sure you bring some cha-cha crawlers and wally pops from Max Lure with you. Tip them with night crawlers, and you will likely get in on the show. Bob, thanks as always.
6: Thank you, John. I'm Bob Loomis, and I fish for walleye. Sometimes
3: when I'm out on the water, I feel like a destroyer captain hunting for targets with my electronics. I'm not hunting submarines, though. I'm hunting fish. And when I find that big one on the fish finder, I want to make sure she's going to bite. That's where the Smileblade Slow Death Rig from Max Lure comes in. The Smileblade spins and flashes at ultra-slow speeds, and the one-of-a-kind red hook keeps that bait moving in a way the fish can't resist. It's the Smileblade Slow Death Rig. Only from Max Lure.
7: Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter and has what you need as a hunter, angler, hiker, paddler, camper, and outdoors enthusiast. They also carry an extensive assortment of firearms and ammunition you simply can't find anymore at many big box stores. On top of that, their knowledgeable staff is here to help you purchase the right gear so you can get the most out of your outdoor experience. Visit your local Sportsman's Warehouse store today or shop online anytime at sportsmans.com mm
1: You're back here with Northwestern Outdoors Radio. Our next stop is the combined border of Oregon, Washington, and Idaho. You're going to find the Snake River there. You're going to find the Grand Ronde River. And just south of there, you'll find the Salmon River. And there is a company based in Joseph, Oregon, that'll take you rafting, multi-day raft trips to all three destinations. That would be Winding Waters River Expeditions. And we've got the co-owner, Paul Aronson, on the line. Paul, great to have you back on the air. Thanks for having me, John. Let's briefly talk about these three rivers, because each one is pretty different and offers quite a bit. We'll start off with the Snake River, because you're going right through Hell's Canyon on that one, aren't you?
8: We are, yep. Hell's Canyon uh, being the deepest
1: gorge in North America. And tons of whitewater on that river as well. Pretty exciting one. And you have, what, three, four, and five-day trips on that river? That river
8: right now, we are just offering a three-day or a five-day option, and the three-day We float about 35 miles down through the deepest part of the canyon, and then uh, the five-day trip takes us about 85 miles all the way down to Heller Bar, which is near Lewiston, Idaho. The
1: Salmon River, very popular with rafters and offers a a pretty pristine experience, doesn't it?
8: Yeah, it's Salmon River. One of the cool facts about the Salmon is it's the longest free-flowing, which means undammed river, in the lower 48.
1: And we can't not talk about the Grand Ronde. doesn't get a lot of press, and it doesn't have the white water that the salmon and the snake has. But I sure enjoyed the trip that you took my family on a few years ago. It's a beautiful river to raft.
8: Yeah, I love the Grand Ronde. It's a very different feel than the other two rivers. Much smaller in size, both uh, the canyon and in volume of water. But it's a more wooded, more forested river. So you, you have a very different feel as you're floating down through the, the wooded canyon.
1: Now, I know that you don't need any previous rafting experience to go on your trips, but what do people need to bring? I mean, especially on these multi-day trips, do they need to bring a tent and a sleeping bag and cooking stuff, or is pretty much everything taken care of?
8: Yeah, I like to say if people show up with uh, sun protection and their toothbrush, they're probably going to be happy campers out there with us. (laughs) We, uh, We try to take care of everything from... Tents and pots and sleeping pads and chairs and all the food and tables and sleeping bags and, and just make it as easy as possible for anybody with very little experience or equipment to show up and go have a great time.
1: And all three of these rivers offer some great fishing. Can you bring a fishing pole and when you're done rafting for the day, do a little bit of fishing? Absolutely, and we provide
8: fishing gear on all of our trips and make it available for those that are interested in uh, using it. And the guides are all experienced in finding fish and having a good time catching
1: them. One thing that's really unique about Winding Waters River Expeditions is you offer some specialty trips. There's several companies that operate, especially on the Salmon and Snake River, that offer multi-day trips, and they're great. With I think just about all the reputable companies there, but you've got like these really cool ones, a photography and wildflowers trip, a a plate and pitchfork trip in Hell's Canyon. That one sounds very interesting. Why don't you tell our listeners about that?
8: Yeah, so the plate and pitchfork trip, we've been doing that one for over 12 years now, every season, and it's become a very popular trip. But it's a a partnership with our friend Erica Palmar, who runs plate and pitchfork, in Portland, Oregon, and uh, she tries to feature local wineries and, and farms, and get people more connected with where their food comes from. And she does that by bringing a local chef to um, highlight some of the food and wine that is made on the ranch or on at the winery. Obviously, we're on the river, so she brings food and wine from, from producers that she wants to highlight. And then the last 10 years, we've been featuring Ben Bettinger from the Laurelhurst Market in Portland, and he's been the chef on these trips, and he's just amazing, especially Good. if you like the meats. He's way into cooking the meats. Oh, wow.
1: <laughs> Sounds like my kind of guy. And, folks, this one you better book early. In fact, all of them you better book early because they fill up fast. August 11th is the date that starts this three-day trip. And, again, you're going to be in Hell's Canyon on the Snake River. You're going to eat like a king. Another one I like, there's an event called Fish Trap that's held every year in Joseph, and it's kind of a writer's workshop. You've actually got the Fish Trap Outpost, September 3rd through the 8th, where you can enjoy a writing workshop while you're on the Snake River in Hell's Canyon.
8: Yep, that's another partnership that we've developed over the years with Fish Trap, and they are they're a writing in the West group based in Enterprise, Oregon, and they do two outpost events each summer. The first one is up on the Zumwalt Prairie, and that's in the spring, and then the second one is with us in Hell's Canyon, and they bring a writer along, and we go down in Hell's Canyon for five days. And
1: spend lots of time uh, being inspired and trying to learn some new techniques for for getting our ideas down on paper. Oh, as a writer myself, I absolutely love that idea. Let's see what else you have. Getting back to that photography and wildflowers. Now, is this also in Hell's Canyon? Because that is absolutely beautiful in the spring.
8: Yes, that trip is in Hell's Canyon. And and we try to go early enough to where the canyon is still green and vibrant. And the wildflowers are blooming. So we go in mid-May. And the canyon is usually just uh, at its best Peak form at that time, I think. It can be a little cooler temperature that time of year, but that's a, a small price to pay for the, the beauty that we get to experience.
1: Oh, I would agree. And you actually get to learn from both a naturalist and a photographer on this trip, and this one runs May 13th through the 17th in 2024. Tell us about the photographer, and the naturalist, that'll be with you.
8: Yeah, that's another partnership that we've developed with uh, Kendrick Moholt. And he's a naturalist and a photographer and has been living and working out of Lost Oregon uh, for the past 30 years. And it's just amazing. There's nothing that he comes across in the natural world that he's not aware of and has a history of. And he's just a, And he takes that same kind of knowledge into his photography and is just so passionate about it and gets some amazing photography done out there. And, and he does a pretty, really nice job of inspiring the uh, folks on the trip to, to really... excel in their photography
1: the final special trip is a three-day trip running may 31st through june 2nd on the grand ron river it's called Wallawa resources this one's new to me tell me about it
8: Yeah, Wallowa Resources is a nonprofit group that's based in Enterprise, Oregon, and they were developed or created in the late 1990s. If you're familiar with this area, that was a time when logging really took a hit. Joseph, Oregon, used to have three logging mills running around the clock, and in the 90s, the logging was just shut down in the area. So all those mills went out of business, and the jobs in this area just were decimated. And Will Resources was created out of that with the idea of helping get people back to work and learning how we could work on the landscape in a sustainable way. And it's really grown into a nationally recognized organization. But our goal on that trip is a fundraising event. So about 50% of your trip cost goes directly to Will Our Resources. And it's just been an amazing opportunity to develop relationships and get people interested in what our resources is up to.
1: Well, the bottom line, folks, is that there's all sorts of adventures waiting for you. Multi-day trips on the Grand Ronde River, the Snake River through Hell's Canyon, and the Salmon River. And you can experience all of them through Winding Waters River Expeditions the website to go to very simple windingwatersrafting.com that's windingwatersrafting.com whether you want a specialty trip or just a 3 4 or 5 day trip on one of these rivers book fast because they sell out fast because this is a great company and they offer some wonderful trips Paul wishing you the best and thanks for sharing this with us today on Northwestern Outdoors Radio
8: Thank you John I appreciate
1: it
7: Located in the northeast corner of Oregon, Wallawa County offers a unique destination rich in natural beauty and outdoors recreation. Enjoy the clear waters of Wallawa Lake. Take a tram to the top of Mount Howard for million dollar views. Hike or ride into the Eagle Cap Wilderness. And fish or raft the Wallawa and Grand Ronde Rivers. It's all waiting for you in beautiful Wallawa County. Plan your visit today at WallawaCountyChamber.com. That's WallawaCountyChamber.com.
0: Anglers are getting a raise this year with the Northern Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program, and the fish are biting. Here's how it works. First, register at a pike minnow station along the Columbia or Snake River. Next, go fishing for pike minnow and bring back all of them that measure nine inches or longer. The fish are worth six, eight, or ten dollars, and the more fish you catch, the more each one is worth. Keep an eye out for tagged fish, too, because those are worth five hundred bucks. Go fishing, make money, and have fun. Find out more at pikeminnow.org.
4: He said we're right on him. Without missing a beat, you'll drop your line down to 42 feet. If you don't screw up, it won't be long. Someone in this boat's gonna sing, Fish on.
1: Fish on. Fish on. Do it by the book. Don't take too long. Set the hook. Reel it in strong. Fish on. Fish on. Welcome back to the show. Salmon fishing has been absolutely wonderful this summer, both off the coast and in Puget Sound. And we are going to give you a couple of fishing reports that are going to let you know just how good it has been and how good it still is right now. We've got Ted Tufel on the line. He is the Pro Fish Guide, and you can find out more about him at his website, profishguide.com. Ted, great to have you back on the air. Thanks for having me, John. So you have been fishing, not in Tillamook Bay, but in the ocean near Tillamook Bay for the last couple of weeks. How's it been? It's been excellent.
9: The last few days were a little tougher, but we have been getting limits
1: daily out in the ocean. And are we talking coho, or are we talking about a mix of coho and chinook?
9: A mix of both, mainly coho. And uh, with the non-flex season, it was nice because we didn't have to worry about any adipose fins.
1: Did the fisheries managers get it right? Did we have this banner year of coho that they were forecasting?
9: It sure seemed like it for a while. And then I don't know if the wind or temperature or what happened uh, kind of slowed down the last three days. We were still finding them. But for how it had been for two and a half weeks out of the Columbia and Garibaldi, the fishing was just phenomenal.
1: Well, you're going to be transitioning to fishing within Tillamook Bay at this point, And how long does that fishery last? It'll go all the way into... November. And are we talking both Chinook and Coho as well? Correct. More King. hopefully.
9: Tillamook did start a broodstock program with Coho, and we're starting to see a few of them this year. And you can tell those broodstock fish by a maxillary clip that the hatchery is doing on those smolts when they release them. And this is the first year we're starting to see some of those back, which is
1: nice. When you're trolling for salmon in the bay, what's the setup? How do you go about doing it?
9: It kind of depends where I'm at, but I'm a big fan of uh, Pro Trolls and Spinners or Super Baits, neither the Stick Baits or the Cut Plugs.
1: Is there any particular color that seems to work well this time of year? I like any color, as long as it's (laughs) love it. Absolutely love it. Well, folks, uh, there's some good fishing to be found in Tillamook right now. And if you want to go fishing with a pro, just go to profishguide.com and book a trip with Ted Tufel. He's been doing this for a while. He knows what he's doing. You'll have a fun day on the water. If you're looking for a place to stay, places to eat and other things to do, just go to tillamookcoast.com. That's the website where you're going to find all that information, tillamookcoast.com. Next up, we've got Doug St. Denis on the line. He is the owner of 365 Charters, LLC. He's been out in Puget Sound slaying the coho. Doug, great to have you on the air.
10: It's always a pleasure, John. Thank you.
1: So I understand you went out this morning and you were off the water by 930. Tell me about this trip.
10: Yeah, I mean, listen, the fish are just stacked up in particular areas on these tides, and I got to tell you, as soon as I hit 50 foot of water, I had gear down. I didn't even get a second rod in the water, and we had already hooked up a fish. We got that one landed, got a downrigger rod down, and it went off. I mean, it took me a solid 20 minutes just to get three rods in the water. Oh, my
1: gosh. Now, I know you're launching out of Shilshole Bay near Seattle. Where exactly are you fishing?
10: Yeah, so it's very rare we get to actually fish... Really close to the marina. So when I left the marina this morning, I didn't get up on step and run anywhere. I fished right there in Shilshul Bay, uh, right in front of the marina. We got a bunch of fish there. Uh, Then I trolled across West Point and up toward Four Mile Rock, got some fish there, and turned around we were done. How big are
1: the coho running this year?
10: Listen, this is a mixed bag. I've already heard on good account 13- and 14-pound coho being netted to the boat. As far north as Marine Area 8.2, Marine Area 9's got fish, 10's got fish. Our best fish today was 10.5
1: pounds. Wow. That's incredible for Puget Sound in Washington. How long do you think this coho fishing is going to hold up? You know, John, that is
10: the number one question that all the anglers have that are targeting coho. And really what it's going to come down to, in my opinion, is the weather. Now I've got it on first hand account that there are coho still coming in at CQ so I think we're going to be seeing coho till mid October and it might slow down but those fish are going to be there and it's going to give anglers an opportunity to land a nice ocean run coho
1: Well, it's certainly been a banner year for Coho in the Pacific Northwest. Glad to hear it's going well in Puget Sound. As you just heard, folks, it could be going off for a while yet. So if you want to book a trip with doug st denis to uh, catch some coho two things to keep in mind number one check the rigs because the washington department of fish and wildlife will change him rapidly and so you need to pay attention to that but then reach out to doug and book a trip with him at 365 charters.com that's 365 charters.com book a coho trip with him and hey if coho fishing's done he's got other fishing you can enjoy with him too thanks as always for the report doug thank you john always a pleasure I don't know about you, but all of this talk about salmon fishing has me hungry for some fresh salmon, but you might not be able to get out there on the water anytime soon, but you still might be craving some delicious salmon. Sure, you could go to the store and buy some of that Atlantic salmon, that farmed fish that tastes not so very good in my opinion, or you can do it upright and order some wild caught Alaskan salmon from Sina Sea Seafood. This is premium quality here. We are talking about coho salmon. We are talking about Chinook salmon. And we are talking about the famed Copper River Sockeye salmon considered perhaps the finest tasting salmon in the entire world. You can order it all at cenasea.com. That's the home for Cenasea Seafood, family-run company that believes in sustainable fishing in the cold waters of Alaska. Not only do they sell salmon that they'll deliver right to your door in meal-sized portions, but they've got all sorts of other seafood, too, like halibut and lingcod and rockfish. They've even got crab cakes for you. Check out everything they have to offer at cenasea.com. That's S- enaseacna ccom and use the promo code OutdoorsRadio for 10% off your entire order. In other news, we got some sad news to share out of Montana and a warning as well. A fed bear is a dead bear. You've probably heard this before, and for good reason, because bears that become habituated to people and human food generally have to be put down for safety reasons. That's exactly what happened this past month, in the Fortine and North Fork areas in northwest Montana where two grizzly bears were captured and euthanized. Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks has received numerous reports of an adult female grizzly bear and her male cub getting into unsecured garbage in this area in Lincoln County in early August. Bear specialists captured the bears, moved them to forest land near Forest Lake, but they traveled to the north fork of the Flathead and then began seeking food sources by breaking into cabins, garages, outdoor freezers, and a trailer fish wildlife park staff responded captured the adult female who was estimated to be six years old and the cub based on reports and the video footage the bears were found to be severely food conditioned and completely habituated to people so the decision was made to euthanize both animals on september 20th So if you've got bears in your neighborhood, make sure you're using bear-proof containers and making sure that the bears cannot get food from where you live, because again, even though it might be fun to feed the bears, it's going to lead to a bad end for them. So let the bears be wild and live in the wild. Stick around, we've got more of the outdoors coming your way to include your Sportsman's Warehouse Trivia Question of the Week. And... We'll end this segment the same way that we started it with some music from Mark Keller, the famous Fish on songs.
7: Looking for that extra something that will get more salmon or trout into your boat? Then check out the Double D Dodger from Max Lore. The Double D does double duty and helps you catch more fish. The Double D's flash attracts lunkers and the Dodger's patented stop-start action works wonders to get those fish biting. The Double D does even more by acting as a side planer to get your bait away from the boat where the fish are more likely to be and more apt to strike. The Double D Dodger. It's the Dodger you've got to have from Max Lore. Located in the northeast corner of Oregon, Wallawa County offers a unique destination rich in natural beauty and outdoors recreation. Enjoy the clear waters of Wallawa Lake. Take a tram to the top of Mount Howard for million dollar views. Hike or ride into the Eagle Cap Wilderness. And fish or raft the Wallawa and Grand Ronde Rivers. It's all waiting for you in beautiful Wallawa County. Plan your visit today at WallawaCountyChamber.com. That's WallawaCountyChamber.com.
1: Did you know we actually have a sponsorship opportunity available for this show? That's right. You can be a sponsor of Northwestern Outdoors Radio, reaching thousands of listeners every week, tuning in to 69 stations in seven states. If you have a business that caters to outdoors enthusiasts, this is the platform for you, and you're going to find it's much more affordable than you think. Contact me through my website at northwesternoutdoors.com and let's get a conversation started. That's northwesternoutdoors.com.
7: hunting is conservation at the rocky mountain elk foundation we salute hunters for providing the majority of conservation funding across the u.s join us for our annual fundraising banquet to benefit wildlife in the mission of the rmef
0: Before we go today, we've got time for one last shot of Northwestern Outdoors Radio with
1: your host, John Cruz. I'm glad you're back because... Hunting season has already started for a lot of folks and is about to kick off for others. And if you're not ready for the season ahead yet, or you just need a few things to get you all the way there, the place to go is the same. That would be your local Sportsman's Warehouse store. There's some 130 stores around the nation, and a good portion of them are located in the Pacific Northwest and the Rocky Mountain states. So head on down today. There's going to be hunting sales that will continue through the month, and you're going to find some great deals not just on firearms, but also ammunition, hunting apparel, boots, decoys, optics, and other accessories you're going to need for a successful hunt. Again, the place to go is Sportsman's Warehouse, and if you can't make it to a store, you can always shop online. The website to go to, sportsmans.com. And now it's time for your Sportsman's Warehouse Trivia Question of the Week, and it's about a certain plant that grows in the deserts here in the Columbia Basin of Eastern Washington. Very common to find not just in the desert here, but the deserts around the Northwest to find sagebrush, of course, very recognizable. Also common to find antelope bitterbrush, which is another important source of forage for deer and other animals. And then there's another plant. Now, this one looks kind of like sagebrush, but it has some yellowish flowering on the end. And here's your question. What is it called? It is named after an animal, but you've got to guess which one. Is it bear brush? Is it rabbit brush? Or is it skunk brush? If you think you know the answer, you know what to do. Don't give us your answer on our Facebook page anymore. We'll have the question there, but we want you to email us the answer. We've been having problems with scammers on our Facebook page, trying to take your credit card information. We don't want that to happen. So email me through the website at northwesternoutdoors.com or shoot me an email at john at northwesternoutdoors.com and let me know the name of this desert brush with yellowish flowers on the end, often found in proximity to sagebrush. Again, your choices are bear brush, rabbit brush, or skunk brush. And one lucky person who guesses right will win that $25 gift card we give away every week from America's premier outfitter. On that note, it is time to go, but here's hoping that you get out in the field or on the water in the days ahead. It's the perfect time of year to do so. Until next time, do take care, God bless, and make it a point to spend some time outdoors.